Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 4. The Election The 30 or so minutes that it took Tyler and I to set up our booth were painful. It's a bit of a challenge coordinating with someone who you neither want to look at nor talk to. After a while, Tyler broke the silence. How have you been? Good, I responded. He waited for me to ask how he'd been. I didn't. I had seen him yesterday. I knew he was fine. I was fine. We were both fine, apart from the fact that we had to spend this day together. Um, you're not supposed to steal the ballot box. I do that, Tyler said, pulling my hands away from the box. No, I do it, I argued, holding tightly onto the box so that he couldn't take it away from me. It says in the book that I do it, Tyler insisted, pulling the box out of my hands. Excuse me, I asked the man in the suit. Which one of us is supposed to seal the ballot box? Uh, which one of you is the deputy returning officer? The man asked. I am, I told him. Oh, okay, yeah. You do all that, the man said. Just like it says in the book. The deputy returning officer is pretty much the boss, and the poll clerk is really just there to tick the names off the electors list and assist the deputy returning officer. Tyler looked affronted at being called my assistant and grudgingly gave me back the ballot box. I took it and began covering the sides with the official seals, flushing as the memory of another occasion Tyler had refused to believe me flashed across my mind. Brooklyn, just wear the shoes, Tyler had commanded, maybe four months ago. Tyler, they hurt. Look at my feet. I'm bleeding. I wouldn't have bought you shoes for your birthday if I knew you were just going to waste them, he grumbled. I never asked you to buy me shoes for my birthday. I told you, you didn't have to get me anything. Of course I had to get you something. Okay, well, I gave you ideas. I told you I'd like some perfume. But you need new shoes. No, I don't. I have shoes. Your shoes are old. No, they're not. Didn't you buy them like a year ago? Yeah, but they're fine. They're good boots. They last a while. Well, the ones I got look better. But Tyler, they don't fit. I can't walk in them. You haven't really given them a chance. 
I have been trying for a week, but my feet are covered in blisters from them, Ty. Yeah, I asked my mom and sister about that, he said, confidently. They said, that's normal for women's shoes. You've just got to go through a bit of pain for a few weeks, and then you break them in. I stared at him. So, will you please put them back on so we can go meet up with everyone? Tyler, they hurt. I can't walk in them. Why are you so ungrateful? He demanded. I spent a lot of money on those boots. I appreciate that, Ty. But I told you when you suggested getting me boots for my birthday that it wasn't a good idea. Buying shoes for someone else is tricky. You don't know how they're going to feel. Yeah, but you need new boots, and I knew you wouldn't buy them for yourself. I don't need new boots. I have perfectly good boots right here. They aren't! Tyler gestured wildly in frustration. Why can't you just dress more like other girls? What do you mean? I just, like, why can't you wear what Brie, Gemma, and Lana wear? We wear the same kind of stuff. No, they have those cute little ankle booties, and yours are knee-high. So? So? Theirs just look... I don't know, they just look better. I don't like the way that ankle style looks on me, I said. Why not? Your friends look great in them. I thought about it, and realized that the reason I didn't wear those cute little ankle booties was that I didn't have Brie, Gemma and Lana's long, slender legs. I had always been a little insecure about my legs, but had never realized that that was the reason I didn't wear those ankle boots until that moment. Brooklyn! Brooklyn! Tyler's hand was waving in front of my face. What? I asked, jolting back into the present and blinking at him. Do you want coffee? This lady... Tyler gestured to one of the other poll workers, who was also staring at me, is going on a coffee run. Oh, that's awesome, thank you, I said to her. I can come with you and help you carry everything. No need, the woman said, gesturing to a small group of people behind her. We're all going together. What would you like? Damn it, I really wanted an excuse to get away from Tyler for a bit. Um, I'll have a large coffee, please, I said, handing her a few dollars. All right, the woman turned to Tyler. And for you, sir? Could I have a grande pumpkin spice latte? The woman blinked, looking taken aback. It wasn't that there was anything wrong, per se, with a pumpkin spice latte, but it was a little high maintenance for a quick coffee run. Oh, Okay, she said slowly. I don't know how much that would cost. I can pay you when you get back, he said. She gave him a cold smile and went off to the little group of coffee runners. I couldn't be sure, but I got the impression that they started talking shit about Tyler the moment they were out of earshot. I smirked. He deserved that. Then I checked myself. Why was I so disgusted with him for ordering a drink that was objectively delicious and which the basic bitch in me had drunk on several occasions? I don't know, I thought. The pumpkin part is just pissing me off. 
Then I remembered. A week ago, Tyler and I had gone over to Bree's house to carve pumpkins with her, Lana, and their boyfriends. We had arrived a little while after everyone else because both Tyler and I had had appointments to get our hair cut earlier that day. For most of my life, I've had long hair, but lately, I'd been feeling like changing things up a little bit. So I decided on a layered above the shoulder lob. I told Tyler about it, showing him pictures of what I was planning on doing, and he said it looked like a good idea. But when I walked out of the hairdresser and saw the look on his face, I knew he hated it. This was a little disappointing to me, but I didn't really care that much because I thought I looked great. Anyway, the pumpkin carving was well underway when we arrived at Bree's. Both Bree and Lana were in a state of bliss with their boyfriends. I was so happy for them, but also felt a slight pang of uncertainty. Had Tyler and I ever been like that? Don't forget to put our pumpkin in the car, Brooklyn, Tyler ordered as the six of us carved. Okay, I said, exchanging a perplexed look with Bree. The afternoon wore on and Tyler kept bringing up the pumpkin and how he thought I would forget it and how I better not. Everyone joked about this at first, but by the time Tyler and I got into his car, we were all a little uncomfortable. Lana came with us because she was catching a ride to the mall, which was on the way. As we passed the boundary between North and West Vancouver, I slapped my hand against my forehead. Oh crap, I forgot the pumpkin. Lana laughed. No way, after Tyler was being so annoying about it, that's so funny. I started to laugh too, until I saw Tyler's hands tighten on the steering wheel. I knew you would forget it, he said. What is wrong with you? I was still in too good of a mood to understand that he was actually really angry with me. Maybe you should have reminded me, I suggested sarcastically. I did remind you, he growled. I reminded you so many times. You had one job, one simple job, and you couldn't do it. It's like how you forget water glasses upstairs when I constantly remind you not to. What is wrong with you? Are you dumb or something? Tyler, Lana interjected reproachfully from the back seat. The car went silent. I didn't know what to say or do. Why was Tyler so irate about a pumpkin? And why was he being so mean to me in front of my friend? I couldn't speak up or defend myself because I didn't want to make things any more awkward for Lana than they already were. Luckily, we were already at the mall. She gave me a meaningful look as she made to vacate the back seat, silently asking if I was okay. See you later, I smiled, waving at her. Okay, she said nervously. Text me later. I waited until Lana had disappeared into the mall before rounding on Tyler. Why were you so rude to me just now? Why'd you forget the pumpkin? That's not the point. Tyler, it's a pumpkin. Why are we fighting about a pumpkin? 
because I told you you had to remember it and you didn't. You don't listen to me. Why can't you listen? He was talking to me like I was a disobedient child or dog or something. It was disrespectful, and I wanted to tell him that, but we were interrupted as we pulled into his driveway and saw his parents waving at us from their front porch. I didn't want to fight with him in front of them. I didn't want to cause drama when they were being so hospitable to me. And so I let it go. And then I let the next thing go. And then the next. And then my period was late. Really late. As I was on the pill, and my periods were usually regimented to the day, this was alarming. I had given my body a few days, thinking that maybe the stress of moving was disrupting my cycle, but after a week and a half, I knew I couldn't ignore the situation any longer. I think I should take a pregnancy test, I told Tyler, as we sat on his bed in the basement. Okay, he said, getting up and heading back toward the TV room. I'm gonna go finish my game. He had recently become addicted to the Xbox that his parents had, a habit that I found extremely unattractive. Can't you finish your game after we go to the store? I asked. Why do we need to go to the store? So that I can buy a pregnancy test, I said, starting to feel alarmed at how little he seemed to care about the situation. Oh, he said. I thought you'd just have one lying around. Why would I have a pregnancy test just lying around? I don't know, this is all girl stuff, isn't it? I chose to ignore the way my uterus swelled with fury at this comment. Well, I don't have a test, so we need to go buy one. Why do you need me to go with you? Because if I'm pregnant, it's kind of 50% your problem. Not really, he shrugged. You're the one who'd be pregnant. You're the one who'd have to decide what to do. I gaped at him, hoping this was some kind of distasteful joke, but it wasn't. He walked into the TV room and turned on the Xbox. Furious, I followed him. Tyler, you're coming to the store with me. It doesn't make sense for both of us to go, he moaned, staring at the Xbox screen and jabbing the buttons furiously to shoot some poor civilian in the game he was playing. Well then, why don't you go? I wouldn't know what to get, he said, absently, his glassy eyes glued to the screen. I'm not a girl. You think that because I'm a girl, I know what to get, I hissed, lowering my voice as I heard his parents' car parking in the driveway, signaling that they were home from work. Well, yeah, don't girls just know these things? Some girls do, but I don't, I've never thought I was pregnant before, but that's not the point. Tyler, I need you there with me. Why? Because I'm scared and I shouldn't have to do this by myself, I whispered. But his mom was coming downstairs now to put in some laundry. She smiled at us as she dumped a large pile of linens into the machine. 
Tyler barely looked up from his game to say hello to her. What are you two up to? Tyler's mom asked. I'm going to the store, I said, giving Tyler one last hopeful look. Have fun, he waved vacantly at me with one hand, jabbing his fingers violently against the buttons on the controller of the Xbox with his other. And so I had gone to the store and bought a pregnancy test by myself. And then I had taken it by myself and cried tears of relief by myself when it came back negative. And then the next day, I went to go see my doctor by myself to ask her why my period was so late because once I had told Tyler that I wasn't pregnant, he'd lost what little interest he'd had in the situation. And then I decided to go off the pill and just abstain from sex or use condoms instead for a while because clearly the pill wasn't working properly and I had long suspected it was making me depressed anyway. And then I pretended I was on my period for the week after that to keep Tyler away from me. But still, I didn't leave. And then yesterday, I snapped. The night I ended up calling Gemma to come and rescue me from Tyler's house was supposed to be romantic. I knew that things had been strained between Tyler and I recently, but I decided that this had all been due to the stress that both of us were feeling after having just graduated. We had gotten into a slight altercation the night before because Tyler had been complaining about how unfair the world was. He was furious that he kept going to job interview after job interview and wasn't getting any work. It's ridiculous. I worked so hard to get this degree because I thought it would open up doors for me, but people keep saying I'm underqualified. But Tyler, I asked, with no intention of malice, but rather genuine confusion, did you really expect to get a good job in a competitive city like Vancouver right out of school with a philosophy degree? What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. Look, I get it. I have an English Lit degree. I'm just saying that I kind of knew while I was in school that it wasn't super specialized like, say, an engineering degree would be. You also have a teaching degree, though. You could get a job. You just don't want to do any work. I do want to work. On my book? I don't understand why you can't just be a teacher. I don't understand why you convinced me to stay here and write if you were just planning on making me feel guilty about it. Well, you have a pretty easy situation just sitting around doing nothing all day while I go out and work. I'm writing, Tyler. It's not nothing. Well, you can't do it forever. My parents aren't going to pay for everything forever. I wasn't sure why he said that. It wasn't true. His parents were letting me live in his room with him, rent-free, but... I wasn't costing them any money. I was paying for food and everything with the savings I had accumulated through a mixture of summer jobs and a gift from my grandparents. I had wanted to save it for a Euro trip with the girls, but since I had decided to stay in Vancouver, that wasn't going to happen. Do your parents feel like having me here is costing them money? 
I don't know, it's just weird you being here writing all day while we go off to work. I know it's weird, but the alternative was me going to Thailand and you didn't want me to do that. So what do you want me to do? Grow up? I opened my mouth angrily, but we were interrupted by his mother coming downstairs. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We probably would have broken up a lot sooner if our arguments had not been constantly put on hold by his parents walking around the corner. Anyway, dinner. So as things between Tyler and I hadn't been exactly great recently, I had decided to make Tyler a special dinner when he got home from a job interview. The problem was that for the past year or so, Tyler had been having mysterious digestive problems. We hadn't gone out to eat in months because of them, and trying to cook together was a struggle. His list of dietary restrictions defied all logic. He couldn't have lemon, tomatoes, or spinach, but seemed to think that sugar and gluten were perfectly acceptable because they didn't make him feel fatigued like the other foods apparently did. But then, a week later, his list would change, and he would find that lemon was actually kind of nice in a glass of water, and perhaps he should change to rice noodles rather than whole wheat. His preferences had become so random that I had given up trying to keep track of what he could and couldn't eat. Instead, I would just ask him for an updated list whenever we were cooking. This made him mad because he felt that as his girlfriend, I should put more effort into keeping track of what he wanted. As his girlfriend, I was more concerned with finding the root cause of his problem. Doctors were completely clueless when we went to go see them, so I did a bit of holistic research and suggested that Tyler go on a clean eating cleanse in order to restart his system. Tyler said that he didn't want to go on such an extreme diet, though. When I pointed out that what we were currently doing, not eating out, and having him feel sick after every other meal, was already pretty extreme, he shrugged it off. I was annoyed at the situation, but I also felt guilty for feeling annoyed. Anyway, the night I made dinner for Tyler was supposed to be a fresh start. I had decided to make maple salmon, veggies, and rice for us. 
Trying to make everything taste good was a bit of a challenge, as Tyler couldn't eat onions or garlic, and all store-bought seasonings contained a host of other things that didn't agree with him, but I did my best and had the salmon sizzling on the stove by the time Tyler got back from his interview. He slouched through the front door, looking dejected. How'd it go? I asked. They told me they've got a lot of interesting candidates, he sighed. Was this for the city planning job? No, that was last week. I told you I didn't get it. This was for the barista job. I continued cleaning up the dishes, not sure what to say. I really hope I get this, he said. It looks like a cool job. I nodded, still focused on the dishes. I didn't want to be a snob. I knew there was nothing wrong with a barista job, but I also couldn't help but feel baffled that someone with a university degree was worried that they might not be able to compete for that kind of a position. Was the job market really that dire? My phone, which was charging on the kitchen table, buzzed. You just got an email, Tyler told me, sitting down next to it. Oh, what does it say? I asked, my hands still covered in soap and water. He unlocked my phone and read it. You've got messages from LinkedIn. There's two schools in the UK that saw your resume and want to hire you full-time starting in January. One's maternity leave and the other's just a full-time contract. Oh, cool, I muttered, turning on the carburetor. I shouldn't have asked Tyler to read the messages. I should have known they would be from LinkedIn. I had joined last week and been receiving a few messages a day. None of them were for jobs in Vancouver. The teaching market was still super saturated at that point, but if I was willing to go to the UK or even another province, I could have something full-time next week if I wanted it. I'm making dinner, I said, trying to cheer Tyler up. His face brightened. What are you making? I showed him the salmon and stir-fried vegetables simmering on the stove. He frowned. What is that? Maple salmon, veggies, and rice, I said. Are you sure I can have all of it? Yes, I double-checked. But Tyler was already tearing apart the stir-fried vegetables with a fork. Brooklyn, you know I can't have broccoli, he shouted. You can't? I thought you ate some the other week and it was fine. It was, but then I had some three days ago and it made me feel queasy. I told you that. I don't remember. Yeah, because you don't listen to me. I do listen to you, Tyler, but you can't expect me to memorize everything that doesn't agree with you. I texted you this morning asking for a list. I was stressed about my interview when you sent that. Why can't you just remember instead of me having to tell you all the time? Because the things you're allergic to change all the time, Tyler. How was I supposed to remember broccoli? It's like the healthiest thing ever. Who's allergic to broccoli? Everything all right? A sweet voice asked. It was Tyler's mother. She and Tyler's dad had just come in the front door. It's fine, I smiled at her, not wanting to make a scene. Brooklyn just tried to kill me, Tyler told them. I was trying to make dinner for us, 
but um, I forgot that Tyler can't have broccoli. Oh, that's sweet of you, Brooklyn, his mother said. It would have been if she had paid attention, Tyler scoffed. I'll make something for you instead, Tyler, dear, Tyler's mother crooned, putting on an apron. Oh, no, you don't have to do that, I told her. Tyler, just make something for yourself and let them relax. They just got home from work. No, Brooklyn, you said you'd make dinner, so make it, Tyler said, pulling some raw chicken out of the fridge and throwing it at me. I don't want to make chicken, Tyler. I don't eat meat. Well, maybe you should have thought about that before fucking up dinner plans, he retorted. There's nothing wrong with this dinner apart from the fact that you can't, or maybe won't, eat it. I'll cut the chicken, Tyler's mother offered. No, both Tyler and I shouted. I'll do it, I told her, my face burning. It was so embarrassing. I really don't mind, Tyler's mother said. I was about to get started on our dinner anyway. Great, I'm starving, Tyler's dad said. I'll be downstairs watching the game. This happened a lot. The fact that Tyler's mother also worked a full-time job somehow never seemed to matter in the face of Tyler's father's hypoglycemia. You girls can figure it out, Tyler shrugged, following his dad down the steps to the basement. I couldn't believe what was happening. I had spent nearly two years with Tyler. How had I not seen this? How had I let myself move in with someone so opposite from what I wanted? I was tempted to chase Tyler downstairs and tell him he was a sexist mama's boy who needed to grow up, but I couldn't. I didn't want to make Tyler's mother uncomfortable. She was so nice, but I also couldn't help seeing her as a cautionary tale of what my future could look like if I stayed here. I needed time to process, to figure out what I was going to do, so I cut up Tyler's nasty raw chicken and cooked it. Half an hour later, Tyler's mother brought two trays down to the basement for herself and her husband, leaving the kitchen free for Tyler and I to eat together. He strolled cheerfully up the stairs. Smells great, he said, leaning in to kiss me. I jerked my head away, and he got my ear instead. He was too focused on the food to notice, though. My salmon lay untouched on my plate as I watched Tyler devour the chicken I had made for him. This is actually pretty good, he said. You pulled it off after all, kiddo. I closed my eyes, trying to remain calm. His lips smacked together grotesquely as he ate. How had I never noticed how disgusting he was? Finally, I said, Tyler, what just happened was not okay. He rolled his eyes. Why are you being difficult? I'm being difficult? I wanted to do something nice for you today, and you came home and treated me like a 1950s housewife. Stop exaggerating. Why are you always so dramatic? I'm not being dramatic. That's what happened. Can we go up and talk in the attic, please? I don't want your parents to hear us. Let me finish eating first. I clenched my jaw and waited until he was done. Then I stood up and walked upstairs. He groaned, but followed me. You want to fight? He challenged as we reached the top of the stairs. 
Okay, let's fight. I just had a really stressful interview. Why couldn't you just make something that I could eat? Why can't you be more stable? More stable? I frowned, not knowing what he meant. I'm going through a really uncertain time in my life right now, and I need you to step up and be more stable so I can cope better. I'm going through a transition too. Why is all the pressure on me to be stable? Because you can be. You can get a job as a teacher. For the last fucking time, I'm trying to write a book, Tyler. Yeah, I know. You want to write. But maybe you don't get to do that. People don't always get what they want. Well, maybe you should consider moving out of Vancouver in order to broaden your chances of getting a job with a geography degree, I suggested. We glared at each other, and everything came out. All the stupid little things we were pissed off at each other for, all the big things we couldn't reconcile, everything. What felt like hours later, we were finally silent. All the fight was gone, replaced with an odd kind of emptiness. Is this because of Apollo? Tyler asked. No, it's not because of Apollo, I said. And I wasn't lying, but I wasn't entirely telling the truth either. Why are you even with me? Why do you even like me? Tyler asked his face wilting like a tired sunflower. Maybe I was feeling sentimental. Maybe I did it to cover up the Apollo question. All I know is that I gave a soliloquy about how much I loved Tyler. I pulled mostly from the first year of our relationship when I had been dating this incredible guy who had all these wonderful qualities. I didn't know where that guy was anymore, and I was beginning to doubt he had ever really existed at all, but in that moment, I missed him. He was the type of person I could sit chatting on the beach with until 5 a.m., the type of guy who left little presents on the windowsill of the bedroom in the house that I shared with Gemma, Lana, and Bree. The kind of guy who I thought found me smart and funny, as well as beautiful. He didn't say anything when I had finished. This left me feeling a little insecure. Well, what about you? I asked, why do you like me? Tyler took a deep breath. Well, I've always liked the way you look, but to be honest, I really don't like your new haircut. He didn't say anything else. Nothing about the type of person I was, or the way I made him feel, or anything. Nothing except that. Are you joking? I asked. He looked confused. No, I'm sorry, I'm just not a fan of the short hair. Tears started to form in my eyes. I wasn't crying because Tyler no longer found me attractive anymore, though. I was crying because I had just realized that I had spent the last two years of my life with a shallow piece of shit. The arguing started up again. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember how it ended. 
I don't remember which remark of his was the one that made me curl up into a tiny crying ball. I don't remember how long he yelled at me, ticking off all my flaws like items on a grocery list. I don't remember how many times I begged him to leave me alone before he finally threw up his hands in frustration and stormed downstairs. I don't remember how long I lay there crying. I just remember that at some point I knew I needed to leave. And then I was calling Gemma and she was on her way to come get me. She is the storm, the calm that proceeds. The howling wind and the still air in between. And I see the clouds rolling in with force to knock me down. Thanks for listening to Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, go ahead and click on the following episode. One through seven are out now. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.